Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to take you, your business, or your life to the next level. Today, I am excited to have a fellow Georgian on with me, David Dorier. Hopefully, I said that right. I've been practicing. You practiced well. (laughs) And let me tell you a bit about David. So he is a dynamic professional speaker, trainer, and coach with over 25 years of experience in the field of training and development, leadership, and communication. With a passion for helping individuals and organizations achieve their full potential, David brings a wealth of knowledge and expertise to his presentations. Mm. David's engaging style and unique ability to connect with his audience has made him a sought-after speaker at industry conferences, corporate events, and educational institutions across the country. He is known for his ability to simplify complex concepts and deliver actionable insights that empower individuals to take their communication skills to the next level. Our theme is Engage from Any Stage. Please join me in welcome, David Dorier. Thank you, Vicki. This is such an honor to be here with you. I have run into you a number of different times (laughs) at different Toastmaster events and just recently at District 44 Conference. And this is such an honor for me to be here on your podcast today. Oh, you know, I just love the fact that to me, um, to be able to talk with colleagues, people that we have seen grow over the years um, is just wonderful. And to find out that they're doing quite well is even better. So I was anxious to get you on my podcast to share what you have and see if anyone in my audience might just need just that. So we always start with an easy question. Please tell everybody I gave a hint, but where do you live in the uh, Georgia area? Well, if you're in Roswell, I'm right up the street from you. We're on the cusp of Roswell and Johns Creek. So, so legally, legally, we are Johns Creek, Georgia. However, we use Alpharetta, Georgia in our address and the mail still gets here. (laughs) It's crazy the way Georgia does that. You know, it's a wonder you don't have peach tree in your street address too. (laughs) Exactly. So really what led you to become an entrepreneur um, that you're, you know, the work that you're doing today? Well, as far as being an entrepreneur, I think I've had the entrepreneur blood 
in me ever <laughs> since I was an infant. My father was an entrepreneur. He left a full-time job with a newspaper company on Long Island, New York, with five children, his wife, my mother, and uh, and his mother living with us. And he left that security to start his own business and became very successful in his own business. So I think that entrepreneur bug and or blood running through my veins has always been there. And even during the time when I was, well, as, as far as I can remember, I always had a job. Uh, before my father gave up the newspaper business, I had a newspaper route. <laughs> After that, I was still having other newspaper routes. I was doing other uh, uh, other had other jobs. I was working for my father. And then even when I was in the military, I still had, if I could, I had a part-time job and eventually had a part-time job working in radio broadcasting while I was in, in, uh, in the military. So I think that that bug has been there ever since I was a kid. Wow. It's interesting, you know, for in my family, everybody had a nine to five job, mm. um, but my dad had three of them. And so while I didn't have the um, experience of entrepreneurs, what I did have was a person who showed me a work ethic that was one that could survive very nicely in the entrepreneur world, you know, Mm -hmm. not it it wasn't at five o'clock you stopped doing and it was well, there's more time in the day. Let's do something different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. So if you would think about it, who would be your ideal client for um, your business? That's a great question. I, I have two buckets of ideal clients. The first bucket are trainers. These are folks that have their curriculum. They have the the information that they're passing on to whoever they're their audience mm-hmm. is but in many cases the the trainer has ended up in that position in a corporate environment has ended up in that position mainly because of their job knowledge or maybe their time <laughs> on in, in the organization they say well you know we've got no other place for you so let's go ahead and put you in training maybe not quite that bad but but in many <laughs> cases they have the they have the knowledge of the process or the product but struggle with conveying that message to their audience or engaging their audience or or not overwhelming their audience mm-hmm. which i also call vomiting information <laughs> on their audience so that's that's one ideal client would be the trainer or someone who is a subject matter expert running a workshop that needs help with engaging their audience. The other bucket are subject matter experts, business owners that need to make presentations or sales mm-hmm. pitches, need to do a a presentation at a networking event, yeah. even Toastmasters. I've had a number of different Toastmasters <laughs> work with me to help them to, to do a uh, intensive workshop on mm. how to present in front of others. So those are the two ideal clients, the subject matter expert, the business owner, and also trainers. Yeah. We're so aligned in all of that. And it it is true that one of the leadership tracks that I have, I, I spend some time talking about the fact that we hired 
especially, you know, for me in the 70s and 80s and 90s, we hired people for their skills and then we promoted them because they were expert at those skills, but they stunk mm -hmm. at people skills, mm -hmm. at, at the things that they need to make them really a truly a great leader, mm -hmm. or as you said, an engaging speaker. And, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. to lead your people, you need to be able to motivate, inspire them. And right, exactly. And so, all those things that you do. So, what would the top reason? When a client came to you with a struggle, what would that top struggle be that's keeping them from being the engaging speaker, trainer, coach? Well, that's a great question. I uh, The clients that come to me, a lot of them are coming, well, they all, they all want the same objective, and that is to be more engaging, to be, to be able to convey their message in a way that is more memorable to their audience. It, and it, it, it's kind of evolved over time that they they're starting to sense that something isn't quite working right. The audience isn't reacting the way that they used to. The mm. audience isn't reacting the way I thought they were going to react. They're not flooding to the back of the room <laughs> to buy all of my products just because I'm get just because I'm an expert in what, uh, or, or I should say it this way, just because that subject matter expert is an expert in their field, they many of them feel that that automatically makes them an expert speaker or mm -hmm. an expert presenter. And in many cases, in many cases, it makes them a, a worse speaker yeah. or presenter because they end up overwhelming their audience with too much information. So, so what makes them come to me is finally realizing that something isn't working right. <laughs> and sometimes it takes a little while for that individual to figure that out. That's so true. That's tr true. And, and I think a lot of times when you know your subject, well, you forget the adage that we've told people over the years is know your audience. And um, the first thing, thing in engagement is to ask the questions that will bring out what is their true knowledge level what you're talking about because sometimes you got to take it way down mm -hmm. for them to really listen to you and yeah. to understand yeah I, i'm chuckling because yes yeah you, you're right we have a lot of synergy here and <laughs> know your audience i can't tell you how many times i've been at a networking event and the individual who is giving their five or seven minute presentation about their business or program or whatever it happens to be. Many times they're talking to us, the audience, as if we are all experts in this field and it just blows me away. <laughs> but, you know, to, to, I don't want to completely fault these speakers because they just don't know yeah, uh, right. I, what, what I have found is when I'm working with trainers, especially is that they feel because because I learned this way, because I retain information this way, I absorb information this way, everybody must be exactly the same. Not the case. <laughs> <laughs> so what tips would you give to help us ensure that our message is memorable? Ah, well, you mentioned one of them, and I'll, I'll piggyback on that. Number one is to know your audience. Mm -hmm. I have been giving feedback to networkers at business events for a number of years. 
And I'll sit in the back of the room at the networking event. At the end of the networking event, I'll go up to the person who is speaking. I say, I'll introduce myself. I'll say, I've taken down some notes. Would you mind if I share these with you? And there's always three things that come up. Number one, know your audience. Just what we were talking about. Number two is to incorporate stories. We all love to yeah. hear stories. Now, these stories need to be relatable. They need to be relevant. They need to be short. They, they can't just ramble on for a long <laughs> yes. period of time, giving us information that really isn't that important to us. And those stories, if they're business stories, they should include three parts. What was the problem that your client was facing? What solution did you provide? And what was the outcome? Okay. So know your audience, tell stories. And number three, something that gets lost and forgotten many different times, and that is a conclusion. <laughs> that And it, it could be something as simple as a review of what we've covered, a quote of some sort. It could also be a call to action, maybe a giveaway, but there needs to be something that's going to conclude it. I've even seen it with people giving speeches. They just get to the, they just find their way to the end and then bye-bye, <laughs> you know, and that's it. There, there's no conclusion. So no. know your audience, incorporate stories and incorporate a, a compelling, engaging conclusion. Yeah. And for the audience of this podcast, for the most part, that call to action is really the key. You know, you, you've got their attention and is it clear and concise what you're asking them the next step to be? And the mm -hmm. next step may be just to have further conversations so you can build that relationship so they know, like, and trust you. Mm -hmm. But still, you have to give them something. Give them a bone. Yeah, got to give them something. Exactly. <laughs> so you talk about on your website, the eight simple principles guaranteed to motivate an audience. What would those be if you could give us some of them, if you don't want to give them all away, but give us some of those eight. Well, that's, that's a great question. Yeah. So the, the eight of them, I'll, I'll give you a couple of them. Uh, the, the first one is the principle of ownership. And this is talking about your audience needing mm -hmm. to take ownership of the information that's being delivered to them. Yeah. Now, the, the the way the 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 one way or maybe the only way that the audience <laughs> will take ownership is that the speaker has to give them a reason to listen there mm -hmm. has to be a compelling opening that's going to engage the audience enough to say i need to listen to this mm -hmm. i need to listen to david because i now i know that when david gets to the end of this presentation or the end of this workshop i'm going to be able to learn a, B, and C, or I'll be able to apply A, B, and C immediately to my next presentation. So I need to give them a reason, a with them, to let them know what's in it for me, meaning the the, the listener, the audience needs to find the with them for themselves. So mm -hmm. the first is the ownership. Your audience needs to take ownership to listen and to be engaged. And the only way they can do that yeah. is the speaker needs to need, needs to give them that. So another one is the principle of complexity. This was one of the one of the uh, the areas that I found that a lot of trainers struggled. And this is going to what you were saying earlier. 
Vicky, about the about knowing your audience. Mm -hmm. Here is the I like to use the visual of a swimming pool and also like to start off with a question. Have you ever, Vicky, been in a class situation or listened to a speaker, listened to a trainer that when they immediately started talking, it was all over your head? Yeah. It was just too complex. Yeah, I had a CIO with that way. <laughs> and, 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 and how did that make you feel? Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. You just you turn them out because you don't think they're engaging you. Right. So I, 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 I was mentioning the the analogy of the swimming pool. To me, that's where the speaker has started their presentation by diving into the deep end of the pool. <laughs> However, because they don't know where their audience is in that pool, the audience is down there at the shallow end of the pool. Some of them in the are baby even, pool. <laughs> exactly. Some of them are in the baby pool and some of them haven't even put their swimming trunks on yet. So, so the first part of that complexity is, is starting off low mm. and and gradually getting more complex mm. as 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 the presentation goes on to to meet your objectives whatever those right. objectives happens to be so knowing your audience finding your audience in that pool and then slowly bringing them with you down to that deeper end of the pool so you don't drown your audience that's excellent advice. So we have so, ownership and yep. the pool. <laughs> yeah, ownership pool or the principle of complexity. Another yes. one is the principle of repetition. Oh, yes. A, a lot of times where speakers will go from point A to point Z with no stopping in between, <laughs> not realizing that we are hearing this information for the very first time. The person who's giving us that information could talk about this in their sleep. Mm. But we, as listeners, this is the first time I'm learning about this. So you need to not necessarily spoon feed it to me, but you need to give it to me in little chunks. Mm. Have some repetition in there. Now that we've covered point A and we learned this, this, and this about point A, let's move on to point B where mm. we're going to learn this about point B and why that is important to help us reach our overall objective of X or however you want to create that transition. But I also want to bring up one additional thing with repetition is that everybody in your audience are, it, they're all going to have different learning styles. Some are going to be more visual than auditory and some are going to learn faster. Myself, I need to ask a lot of questions before I completely understand something. So I get easily overwhelmed when someone goes from point A to point Z with no stopping in between. And a, a speaker needs to realize those learning differences with your audience. So it's time for rapid fire now. So the, these are just a few questions. One first being, um, what is it like being a voiceover ar artist? I, uh, this is an area that I want to get into, so I'm anxious to find out. Yeah. What is it like to be a voiceover artist? Well, one of the things I'm learning within the past couple of weeks is that AI is creeping its way into the voiceover business. Just so I can let your listeners know, I have a uh, I've had quite an interesting uh, journey to where I am today, military, reserves, and then I had a radio career for 12 years, 
through the Air Force Reserves. I ended up in training, eventually doing all the voiceover because of the radio background for all of the online training that we were creating, which led to my business, elearningvoiceover.com. That's a smaller part of my business today, but I love doing voiceover. Uh, One of the things, because of radio and because I recorded myself so much in radio, I got used to listening to my voice and working on my voice, and I continue to work on my voice, so I, I don't have a problem listening to it anymore, where many people say, oh, I can never listen to my voice. I have a harder time look looking at myself on camera than I do with my voice these days. So what what's great about voiceover? Well, one, you can do it in your pajamas. You can do it in your house. I do it here in my padded room. Uh, you, you, you get to have a nice fancy microphone. Uh, and it's it's fun. To me, it's fun. Absolutely, yes. I, I um, have to as we were mentioning earlier in the show, I have to get a new house so that I can do voiceover. So I have that padded room, but so people look at you and they might have said, Hmm, please tell us what it's like playing professional Santa Claus. Wow. Well, now, now we could, that, that's a whole nother show in itself. It is. It is. I could, Think of now, stories I would love to hear. Now, Santa's been a part of my life for 30 years. Uh, well, he's probably been a part of my life ever since I can remember as a kid. But uh, as far as being a professional sta- Santa or portraying Santa for 27 years, I had the 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 designer beard that had the straps and the glue and the and the mustache and and the wig and all of that stuff for 27 years and only this is my COVID beard and it came in (laughs) so much better than I had ever expected. I've done, I have portrayed Santa in just about every event that you can imagine Mm. everywhere. I've had any, everybody on my knee. Now you sit on Santa's knee, not Santa's lap. It is Santa's knee. I've had everybody on this knee from playboy bunnies to truck drivers and (laughs) everything you can imagine in between at all types of different events from the small family event at at a home to large corporate events and what's what's amazing about with adults they turn into little children mm-hmm. around santa claus they a mm-hmm. lot of the same shtick that i say to kids i can use the same thing <laughs> with adults and everybody just just becomes youthful again around Mm -hmm. Santa, especially when the adults get a little holiday cheer under their (laughs) belt. Well, of course, you're just a stand-in for the real guy. Yes, but I have been trained by the real one. There you go. See? Because I do believe you you should visit me at Christmas time. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. David, what is next on your journey? Next on my journey is finding more speaking opportunities. I I am reaching out to more corporate events. I do have some training, some large training events coming up, but I've always got room for more. I love working with clients that feel that their, their information is so complex that it is impossible to 
create a speech or to create a workshop or create training around it. Those are the ones that I really love working with. And I'm on the hunt for more of those folks. I remember early in my career, I taught barcoding. Mm. And uh, I had some at one of the locations, I had people come by and they said, you can't be teaching barcoding. People are laughing. <laughs> There's nothing funny about barcoding. But, you know, you uh, if you're a, a trainer that knows their stuff, you find ways to make even barcoding interesting mm -hmm. and engaging. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So it's time now for us to share my screen so that you can see how to get in touch with David if you have that need to change your complex project into a training workshop, David's your guide. So those of you that are just listening in, as I tell you every time, if you have not gotten out at the beginning, your paper and pencil, shame on you, but go now, grab that paper pencil. I will read for you the website so that you can go to David, but you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel or go to my findyourleadershipconfidence.com website and see this slide and this presentation. So it is https colon forward slash forward slash presentyourwaytosuccess.com. Again, presentyourwaytosuccess.com. You can find him on LinkedIn at David, and I'll spell it because it is a very different name tongue twister those. tongue twister as mine is so mm -hmm. it's d-a-v-i-d-d-o-e-r-r-i-e-r -R -R -E dorier 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 <laughs> now i'm gonna have david tell you what you can find when you go to his website and also how you can chat with him oh great yes definitely through linkedin every day Monday through Friday, sometimes even on the weekends, I'm posting tips and tricks about presentation skills. And that's definitely one way you can find me is on LinkedIn now, and through my website all over the place on my, on all the pages, you are going to find a button on there that says, get in touch with David or something along those lines that will set you up for a complimentary or a 30 minute session with me or an opportunity for us to talk about what are your needs? What are your desires? I'm not going to try to sell you on anything. If you want to talk about next steps, we'll definitely talk about that. But it's an opportunity for me to get to know you, ask some questions about where are you going in your career, and, and so on. I'm also offering a, a complimentary 45-minute coaching session. So if you mention that you heard this podcast with myself and Vicki, Mention that in either an email or a phone call or smoke signals, whatever it takes to let me know that you heard this and you get yourself a complimentary 45-minute coaching session where we can talk everything about public speaking, workshops, whatever. Very good. And I will make sure I mention that in the show notes that you must say that you heard this mm -hmm. on this podcast. Excellent. So thank you so much for being such an awesome guest. I knew you would be wonderful. You gave such great insights, very, very good information. And I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to work with you, but please, if you 
have not done so, please go to his website, go to LinkedIn, as he said, and check out those daily posts that he's bragging about, because I'm sure they're going to help you in your business to, as we said in the beginning, to take it to the next level. Again, as always, thank you, David. And I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.